Father in heaven, as we look to your word now, we pray that you would continue to touch our hearts and remind us of your great love. And Lord, we thank you that we have the freedom to worship you in this way. And we pray that as we learn and as we grow, that your spirit would touch our hearts and our lives in ways that we become the best example of you to others and allow us, Lord, to shine brightly for you in any context that we find ourselves in. And we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, nice to be... Uh, hey, this, like, did the holidays seem really long to you? No? Or is it, no? Okay, maybe... Maybe it's just me. Hey, we're talking about revitalize, okay? We're going we're gonna to start this whole thing. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whenever it comes to church, there is a huge tension. There's a tension between the old and the new, okay? Um, if you've been in church for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. There's always the old traditions. There's always the, the old way that we do things. There's always this versus, versus the new. And whenever the new shows up, people get upset, Right? Okay? No. Whenever change happens, things, people get upset. And here's, here's why I'm doing this. 2014, remember that year? Okay? No. Okay. Some of us would want to forget it. I know. Okay. But as a church, 2014 had a lot of changes. Can we say that? Can you say that out loud? Yeah? Yeah? Some of us liked it. Some of us not so much. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. What I want to do is, is, is talk a little bit about 20, what 2015 is going to look like. If you thought 2014 was bad, no. Um. <laughs> right? Um, because, because here's the thing, in, in, in church ministry, um, that's, that's a huge tension. It, you know, when, whenever you come up against, against how things have always been done or, or, or all of that, um, and if there's any kind of change, any kind of new, there's, there's this friction, there's this tension. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because come 2015, you know, we, we need to keep going. We keep, need to keep moving. We need to keep understanding what, where we're going, how we're doing things, etc., etc. So I think it's going to be very, very important. And I think Jesus is really instructive. And here's, here's what you need to hear when it comes to the main thing. This church is committed to the main thing. Amen. Boy, that's it? <laughs> Alright? We're committed to the main thing. What's the main thing? Christ. Absolutely. The gospel. We're committed to Jesus Christ. Okay? We're committed to, to making him front and center in everything that we do. And, and he is the one that we exist for and, and, and why we do what we do. So, so that is vitally important. What changes is how we do it. Because the reality is, if we don't change how we do it, how we present it, you know, ever evolving this kind of situation, you're going to end up in a place that's not very healthy. Now, some of you are really bothered by that. Okay? There are a lot of very good, very viable, um, very well-meaning traditions that the church has. But some things sometimes have to change in order to keep moving forward. And, you know, you hear moving forward as a, as a negative for some people. But the reality is, is, is in the culture, is it always changing? 
right? There are ways of communicating a message that's going to speak to people, that's going to relate to people, that's going to be, you know, uh, part of their world, to get to understand what this thing, the gospel, is called. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, really important. So I just thought, in starting 2015, we would just deal with all this as, as, as much as we can, right now, right here, get started for the year, know what to expect for 2015, and let's rock and roll. Okay, um, here's a passage I want to take us through out of Luke 5 that Jesus is talking. And listen to what Jesus says. One day, some people said to Jesus, this is what they said to him, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? That's code word for partying. <laughs> Okay, good Jewish boys fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. And fasting was always associated with praying. Okay, so this was the ritual. This was the cycle every Monday and Thursday. So they're not seeing Jesus' disciples do this on a regular, traditional basis. And so they're hurling these accusations to Jesus about his disciples just being a bunch of party animals. Okay? Hooked on a feeling. Um, Okay. Um, Jesus responded this way. Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. How long did weddings last in the ancient Near East? Yeah, a week. Yeah, it was a party. Right? It was a good time. Nobody would show up in the middle of a of, of party and say, I'm going to fast because I don't want to party. Okay? Right? Jesus says there is a time and a place to do this. Okay? And a wedding isn't necessarily the time and place to do this. Okay? Um, then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. In other words, you take two different garments and you ruin both by doing that. Okay. Uncomfortable yet? And no one puts new wine into old wineskins for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Okay? Uh, old wineskins, you put new wine in it, it's going to ferment. The old wineskin doesn't hold necessarily and it'll burst. Okay? Jesus even gets a bit sarcastic here, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Okay. Okay. What's, you know, what's, the, what's the tension here? The old and the new. Right? We like things the way they are. Every one of us does. I like the music I grew up with. I do. Amen. I love the music I grew up with. I have no idea what it is today. To be honest, I, there's just no way some of it can be called music, but that's, 
that's just that's just me, right? And me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I and you know I bet you I, I bet you we would all vote anyway. Forget it. <laughs> I could vote. But if something that simple for us on a personal level, how much more is it in a church where we have traditions that have lasted a long, long time? Right? At what point do you say, this is good, this is bad? You know, Jesus said that he came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the purposes of God. He didn't come to annihilate them. There's always this tension between when is it time to honor and to value the things that we've always done and how we've always done it, and when is it time to move on and to do something new and to reach that is a huge tension. That is not, and, and listen, I'm not going to be here today to define when that line gets crossed because it's different for so many people. There's a time and a place for everything. And, and, I'm, and I, am, I am going to say one other thing too that may surprise you. I think some of the most valuable traditions of the church are not honored today and that's a bad thing. You need to hear that. That's a bad thing. There's a lot of great music that we don't honor today in most, in most of, our, of, our, of our churches. Right? Okay? There's a lot of great traditions that we don't honor. But how do we do it in such a way that allows the church to continue to reach out? Because here's something that may surprise you. Church is not about you. It is not about me. It is about Christ. Okay? And as a church, we have a mandate to grow deeper in our walk with Christ and to reach out in order to proclaim the gospel to those who don't know it. That is, you know, that is the twofold purpose of the church. And the danger is, is when we become so insular about what we do so it's all about us we no longer have the ability to reach out and to touch other people because when we get comfortable in our own little circle what ends up happening is we get comfortable with the way things are done a particular way and when we get comfortable we don't want to break that comfort because it's comfortable. <laughs> you know, right? And that's, and, and, and that's the thing, right? Um, but there, there's always a clash between the old and the new. And here's the reality. If you focus so much on the main thing being, being the main thing, the gospel, right? If we're a church committed to the gospel, committed to the main thing, at some point, at some point, at some point, we're going to realize that the way we do things isn't necessarily helping the main thing. It doesn't. There's going to come that reality. That, and, that's, and, and, that's, and, and that's the brutal truth of it all. Uh, take the newspaper industry, for instance. Let, let's... Let's, let's find an example. Newspaper industry, okay? For years, the newspaper industry was all about what? Delivering newspapers. Getting better print, you know, better print. Um, how, to, how to get...
get the paper, you know, how to get more people reading the paper, uh, pricing of newsprint, you know, you know everything. And, and over time, they for, you could almost forget over time that it's, it's a, really about giving the news, not about selling newspapers. But when you build a whole system that's all about selling more newspapers... It beca- that's, you know, that's the, that's the monster you create. It's all about newspapers, getting more newspapers out there. And you forget that the reason that you exist is to deliver the news. And then when technology and everything comes along, and you can't, and people are starting to go to their iPads and things like that, and nobody's buying newspapers, you don't know what to do. Because you, th- you thought your business was all about selling more newspapers. But your real business is all about the news. You got me? Yeah. And when you forget that it's all about delivering the news, okay? And, and, and that's what's happened to, to a lot of businesses. That's what happens to the church. If we forget that it's all about communicating the gospel and it's all about how we do church, then we end up in trouble. We end up in trouble. All right? And, and, you know, and that reality comes every time there's dramatic changes that happen in a church. Okay? Here's, Here's the thing. 2014 for Village Green had a lot of changes. A lot of changes. Okay? So, let, let me give you what happens, all right? Um, there are three things that happen whenever there's a lot of change in an organization in the church, okay? I call them the three S's, and we're, we've, we've experienced all the three S's, okay? Number one is the shuffle, okay? Um, we all experience the shuffle, the changes, um, you know, two services, right? We didn't just change, we just didn't add a service time, we changed both service times, okay? So if you were late for the 1030 service when we were one, ser- one service, you're now on time for the 1045 service. Um, um, right? Right? If you were late for the Saturday night service, you were on time for the 9 o'clock service on Sunday. You know, that, 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 that kind of thing. Some of you are just late. <laughs> right? All the time. Doesn't matter the time. You, you, you know what I mean? But everybody had to shuffle. Right? We all experienced the change. We all experienced the shuffle. You know, the new addition. Right? That, that, that's that's going to be a huge shuffle. Um, and, and you know, uh, the, the new shuffle for the church is, is back into debt in order to, to finance the build. Right? That's... That was a big, a big shuffle and a, and a big reminder, right? Um, the way that our, all our volunteers, there was, there was a huge shuffle with the volunteers. Worship team, what do you mean? I, I do one service and an encore, one service and an encore, right? That's, that's what we do now, right? Two services. It affects the volunteers and all of that, okay? So we experienced a huge shuffle in 2014. What happens after the shuffle? We have the stir. Right? It stirs everything up. Some people are happy. It stirs them in a happy way. Some people are unhappy. Right? Because what happens in the stir 
is a realization that things are not the same anymore. It's a reality. One of the casualties, I can't believe I'm going to actually say this out loud, was Soup Sunday. One of the casualties of going to two services was Soup Sunday. Because, 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 logistically, it just became very difficult to be able to do Soup Sunday. I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's one... And, 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 like, no one enjoyed making that decision. No one. Okay? In fact, it's, it was almost anathema to have to put Soup Sunday on the back burner. Right? Okay? It was, it was a, a difficult decision to make. All right. Um, you guys okay? Yeah. All right, we've got, we got one, more, one more thing I want to tell you. Okay, 2015 will be the year then of settle. Okay? Now, I want to explain this. Settling does not mean just sitting back now and taking it easy. Settle means, here's the new reality. How do we maximize this new reality? We're into two services. How do we grow both services? We're into a new addition. How do we maximize that facility? You know, we settle into a whole new routine, a whole new pattern, a whole new deal with volunteers, you know, a whole new deal with, you know, the way we deliver services, all of that kind of stuff. That's what this year is going to focus on tremendously. Soup Sunday. No one likes the fact we don't have Soup Sunday. But there are ideas at present of replacing that with something else that values something that this church had as an important way of connecting people. And we recognize that. So we're, you know, there's so many people right now in the process of trying to formulate different things to replace it. And, and, and that's going to be the reality. Is how do we replace these things? How do we keep these values? How do we do something new? How do we do something different that maintains the value and pushes the ministry forward and the gospel of Jesus Christ forward? Period. Okay? We're in this together. You want to know why? Because it's not about us. It's not about, about us. Okay. Are we good? All right. Okay. Um, let, let me just close with, with this thing because I'm, I'm going to give you a challenge. Uh, Brittany's going to communicate this challenge next week. I think life group leaders. Next week we start life groups, okay? And remember I just talked to you about settling, okay? And here's going to be the new reality. We're going to give you a challenge. It's called the 30-day challenge. Some of us did it in December, kind of got primed ourselves, you know. Um, but here's, here's going to be parts of the challenge, this 30-day challenge as you drink this fire. Um, and um, I, I, isn't that a great picture? That's a great picture. Revitalize, Okay. And, and because we're committed, because we're committed to spiritual development, spiritual growth, you know, spiritual vitality here, you know, we, we want, to, as, as life groups begin next week, and we start the Quake series next week, we want to roll out, uh, you know, these challenges to you, 
as part of life groups and see if you're willing to do it. Here's the first one. Read your Bible and journal half an hour each day. Can you do that? That's a challenge, right? That's the number one. Number two, intentional act of kindness every day. Can you do that? That's a real struggle for me. Number three, meet once a week with small group to pray and share. Can you do that? That's another, another thing to take on. Um, these are not resolutions. These are spiritual disciplines. Four, share your faith once a week. I had, can I tell you something? I got the best compliment over the Christmas holidays. I had an atheist tell me that if they lived in London, they would come to my church. Did you send them online? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, for me, that was the best compliment, the best Christmas gift I could have gotten, other than another grandson. Um, (laughs) uh, Share your faith once a week. Number five. Tithe 10% of your income monthly. Silence. Wow. Six. (laughs) Offer two hours of service to our church once a week. For some of you, that would be a reduction. Right? For some of you, that would be a reduction. So those are just some ideas. You know, the, the, we're going to present the challenge again next week, right? We're going to do it next week. We're just giving you a taste. But listen, listen, listen. We may be installing seatbelts and helmets in this room for every service. 2015 is going to be an amazing year. There are lots of great things happening. There's a lots of great things coming. This church is alive. God is doing the work. Let's be ready. Let's be willing. Let's be open. And let's see what God can do when collectively we come together and do it for Christ. Can we do that? Let's have a great year. Let's have a great year of ministry and touching people's lives and changing people's lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ and not for us. Can we commit to that? Okay? It doesn't mean we're going to change everything. It doesn't mean we're going to, you know, discount stuff that we've done a long time and all that kind of stuff. But it will mean that we're going to be focused in what we do. All right? Let's pray and bless you for 2015. Father, thank you. We pray that you would continue to touch our hearts and our lives as we seek to fulfill our great purpose in you to live out our faith, to allow the gospel to be central to all that we say and do. So Lord, we thank you for this new year and a new hope and a new anticipation of what you're going to do. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we seek to Live out the gospel in 2015. In Jesus' name, amen.